Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Many years have passed, filled with titles NBA champions. and new faces. The Golden State Warriors select James Weissman. But now, the voice of the Warriors, the voice of the Warriors. invites you to return to your seats. Please take your seats at the Warriors Roundtable. Bernie Butter got it! Welcome back to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7, the game. Here's Tim Roy. Well, not much going on today. We welcome you to the Warriors Roundtable. Just another day in, in, the, in this uh, pandemic world. The Warriors are in Denver. They landed a few moments ago. And we'll have Stephen Curry later on the hour, live from Denver. He'll be calling us here, hopefully in about a half hour's time. And, and uh, we'll chat with him a little bit about the start for the Golden State Warriors. And, and we can tell you a little bit about the you know the ins and outs of this start without him. But I think it's going to be nice to hear what he has to say and, and to get his perspective. James Harden gets traded. It gets traded today. That's another thing we're going to talk about. Mark Spears is going to join me from the undefeated. Had a chance to talk with Mark today. He's going to join me and talk a little bit about this trade, which is a four-team trade. It sends James Harden to Brooklyn. So Harden now joining Kevin Durant and Kyrie, where are you, Irving. And so now they have a big three. Now, personally, after watching the Nets play the Warriors on opening night, I thought, I know that's a heck of a team, and it's balanced. Now, they had an injury to Spencer Dinwiddie. That might have affected their their thinking, that maybe they, they needed some more pop with Dinwiddie out. But but still, I, I really like the, their team and, and their chemistry. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Steve Nash will hear comments from him, the head coach of the Nets, former Santa Clara star, and we'll, we'll do all that. Uh, plus, uh, I think that the minor teams in this trade, Cleveland and Indiana, I think made out okay. I think they did did well. We'll talk all about that. Jared Allen goes to Cleveland. I mean, that's a, that's a good young center, and he's going to protect the rim. You know, Drummond, I believe, is in the last year of his contract in Cleveland. Allen gets to go there, so that now the Cavaliers have their center for years to come. Indiana had Victor Oladipo who had said that he was fine playing at Indiana, but might not have been happy for the long term there. So they flip Oladipo to Houston. They get Karis LeVert, who is a scorer. And, again, I, I like the Pacer team we saw last night. You know, I thought that's a really good team. Remember, they didn't have Oladipo, T.J. Warren, and T.J. McConnell. That team's deep, and it also goes back to something I spoke to before, which is continuity. 
the Pacers brought just about everybody back from last year. That team knows each other. Yes, they have a new coach. But that team knows where certain guys like to get the ball on the floor. They know who plays what, and it really shows on the floor. They have more continuity on that team than most teams in the association this year. All that to talk about, plus the Warriors, obviously. And I thought the the homestand was really good. 11 games in, we're heading toward the quarter pole. That's where you can really start making your judgments on teams in a, in a real way. We're getting close to the quarter pole. So what are your thoughts on this for you, team? What do you like what you see so far? Here's how you can get a hold of me. 888-957-9570. Give me a call. Hit the text line as well. You can also send me... An email at timroy at warriors.com. It's T-I-M-R-O-Y-E at warriors.com. Or you can send me a tweet at warriorsvox. That's at warriorsvox. Again, 888-957-9570. Our flagship station of the Warriors Radio Network. And your home for all great sports talk in the Bay Area, 95.7 The Game. So let's get right to a couple of things. I thought that that, that was a great homestand for the Warrior Wings. Kelly Oubre Jr. starting to get back to who he is on the offensive end. Defensively, he's been really good. He took maybe one of the hottest guards, not one, maybe, he took one of the hottest guards in the league in Malcolm Brogdon and really took him off the floor at times, literally almost, with his defense last night. I thought his defense was really good. Yes, he hit a couple of threes. He's going to do that. His track record is too deep. It's not like he's a rookie. It's not like he had one good year uh, shooting for three. He's been a, his numbers are his numbers, and, and he's going to, to contribute from beyond the arc this year for the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins, again, his defense has been really good. You know, getting a stop on Pascal Siakam to help close out the Toronto game. You know, lining up in front of other teams' great scores, using his length. And there's very few people in the league. The only one I know right off the top of my head that's better at this because he's one of the best of all time at it is LeBron James. And that is getting beat on a play or trailing a player on a play, whether it be in transition or in the half court, and then timing it so he gets there to block the shot. He does that really well. I mean, really well. And so, again, you have thoughts on him or maybe James Wiseman. I, I thought was a great road trip for him. Why? Because he had to play against some really intelligent, really good players. You know, he played Indiana last night, first time. So now he knows Miles Turner is going to try to get him into foul trouble, and Miles Turner can play, and he has length. And he's not an, he's not an easy guy to guard because he can face up and hit a shot. He now knows that when he plays Sabonis, he has to be very wary of that spin move because Sabonis is very good at putting the body into a guy and then spinning back and getting to that strong left hand of his. Real crafty player. Fun to watch, fundamentally sound, Sabonis is. And not the great passer that his dad was, but he is a good passer. So we know we know that. So he plays the Clippers for two games. Great for James Wiseman. Why? He plays another, another smart player, Serge Ibaka. Okay, has to deal with Serge Ibaka and the length and players like Leonard and George, guys that are true professionals. They really know how to play. So this was really good for Wiseman. Plays Portland for a couple of games. Hey, you got Nurkic. That's a big man. That's a that's a large human that he has to guard. And James Wiseman's a big guy, but Nurkic sometimes is hard to move. And so all these things, you know, playing Bagley against Sacramento, another talented player. All these things are going to help in his maturation. They're going to help in 
getting him up to speed. In fact, I, I got um, uh, a tweet right now from SNH wants to know what's the over-under until James Wiseman's prime. Well, you know, he's 19. You know, in the old days, we thought prime was 27 to 31. Uh, these days, you might have to bump it up a little bit because guys are getting into the league younger. They're getting into the league with a little bit more savvy and and uh, and understanding. But in, in Wiseman's case, he's really raw. But I think he will be good enough in the next couple of years to help the Warriors make another run. He'll be really good enough. And so I think all of that comes into play. Uh, I think Wiseman is, by all accounts, a sponge. He's a guy that really wants to learn. And I think he's a guy that's going to help the Warriors and, and help them make another run toward the top. When they get Clay Thompson back and they get a draft pick from next year and they've got a chance to have two you know, decent picks, all that I think will help them. So we have a great show coming up. Again, 888-957-9570, the number to dial. If you want to ask me a question about the Warriors and talk a little bit about what's going on. But we also have a special moment we wanted to bring to you in tonight's show. I had a chance this past week to talk to a guy that is a Warriors legend. He's been with the organization since 1963. I'm not going to play you the whole interview because we went a little long as it was just great to talk to him, and he's such a, a learned and wonderful guy. Fred Katz decided to hang up his score sheet after being with the Warriors since 1963. 1963. And it was one of the great moments, I think, in Bay Area sports, a good feel-good moment this year. We needed one of those. Players came out, signed a ball for him afterwards, got him to take a shot. After a couple of tries, he made one, so he closed out his career with a bucket of chase. But before that, before that game and before he decided this was it, and with coming into his last game the afternoon before he made his final trip to Chase Center as the official statistician of the Warriors, I had a chance to sit down with him and had a quick conversation. 57 years is a long time to do anything. Boy, but to do it in the in the NBA, Fred, congratulations on a, a great career in the league and, and with the Warriors. We're sad to see you go, but it's got to be kind of a bittersweet thing, I would imagine. It is, and I have felt very privileged to be with the Warrior organization in my limited capacity to be able to do something that I have loved for my entire life, and that is the game of basketball. The Warriors had, uh, the year before, uh, coming from Philadelphia to San Francisco, decided to go and see Wilt and Guy Rogers, both of whom were very well known at the time, at the Cow Palace. And as I'm walking into the Cow Palace down the ramp, a former college friend of mine who was a sports fanatic who worked at the time with the San Francisco Giants in their PR department um, was at the scorer's table, and he saw me coming into the Cow Palace, saw that I was alone, and approached me and said, come on, I want you to give me some help at the scorer's table. I need some help, and I asked to do what? And he indicated uh, statistical work. And I said, well, where will I be seated? And he said, right next to me at center court. I figured that's a better seat than whatever it was I was going to be sitting in the uh, in the arena. And that's how it all started. He then proceeded to say he was about to get married 
And since he was traveling with the Giants, he didn't see that working with the Warriors in addition was going to be a great way to start his marital life and asked if I would do the scorebook. And I told him at the time, I travel too. I can't be to all of the games. And he said, well, I tell you what, you do the book and when you can't make the game, I will be your backup. And that's how it all started back in uh, the 63-64 season. Everybody has games that they kind of put in the back of their mind, like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to forget this night. Do you have four or five that maybe you that stand out for you? Well, certainly the last one that we saw against uh, Sacramento when uh, Curry scored 62 was uh, a game that I think uh, he, his parents, uh, and the rest of us who had the opportunity to see that game will long remember. I don't remember seeing the game that he scored 54 back in Madison Square Garden, but certainly that game, I remember the game uh, when the Warriors played against Dallas. Dallas finished first in the conference that year. The Warriors had an eight seed, and the Warriors uh, ended up beating Dallas. Uh, This was when Don Nelson was the coach. And uh, uh, Davis, uh, Baron Davis, that was a, yep. Baron Davis, made a shot that I think was a highlight in one of those particular games. That's a game that stood out to me, as has been the case for the last, excluding this past year, the previous five, where the Warriors went to the NBA Finals for five successive years, winning three of those games. So those things stand out uh, in my memory, as does the play of people like Oscar Robertson, who I marveled at the time, being, I think, about six foot five, had the ability to never, ever get a shot blocked, whether he was close to the basket or from afar. And, of course, I've had the privilege of watching people like Jerry West Elgin Baylor, uh, Bob Cousy, Bill Sharman, uh, Casey uh, Russell, um, Bill, uh, not Casey, Casey Jones, Bill Russell, um, Bob Pettit. Oh, yeah. Um, Larry Bird. Uh, I'm probably leaving out, and of course, our own Rick Barry when he played here. Sleepy Floyd's. Uh, outburst at a playoff game against the Lakers when I think he scored something like 24 points in the last quarter. I think it was the only game that the Warriors won in that particular series are things that I remember with great admiration and fondness, knowing that I was there and part of all of these things. Fred Cast, the Warriors' official scorekeeper, retiring. After a career that spanned from 1963, you can hear the entire interview at Warriors.com, uh, at Warriors Sound, and also at the Warriors SoundCloud page as well. And one story we didn't get to, uh, Fred Cass could play basketball. He was recruited and went to Duke and played there for four years. And when he was a senior, he helped, or actually a junior, he helped recruit a player to come to Duke. 
And his name was Jeff Mullins, who played on the Warriors' 74-75 championship squad. Little did Fred know at the time that his and Jeff Mullins' professional careers would be linked with the Warriors franchise. Mark Spears talking James Harden trade. Stephen Curry from Denver later on the hour. This is the Warriors Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy, and this is our flagship station for Golden State Warriors basketball 95-7, the game. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. If everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable. Has returned on 95.7. The game. Now back to Warriors Box. A look away three. Oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. You've got to be kidding me. Tim Roy. Round table continues right now. The big trade today. James Harden goes from Houston to Brooklyn. Head coach Steve Nash on what has to happen now that Harden joins Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Basketball is about playing together and being the best you can be. Um, so no matter who you are, it's uh, it's about finding that connectivity and balance within a team and trying to be greater than the sum of your parts. So uh, that that doesn't change no matter what your team looks like, and uh, that's definitely a goal and a threat of our team from day one. That will be the challenge for the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I had a chance to chat with Mark Spears of the undefeated. Don't forget Stephen Curry from Denver coming up in just a couple of minutes here on the roundtable. But Mark Spears first to talk about the big trade between the Rockets, the Nets, as well as the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, Mark, I, I guess we start with the, the trade of the day. And uh, James Harden, you know, let it be known last night that he was not uh, – Happy to stay a Rocket, that his tenure there was done. And the Nets uh, seem to be a franchise that just uh, love to trade draft picks. But but it's it's a big deal, and there's a lot of parts to it, and more teams than just the Rockets and Nets. So so give me your overview of this deal and you know what, uh, what strikes you about what occurred today. I, I think I kind of go back to uh, look past my career. I covered the Nuggets when... Uh, Nick Van Exel asked to be traded. And uh, I covered, I was around the Warriors, and you remember this distinctly, when Jack, Stephen Jackson asked to be traded. And um, I just kind of remember as, as they got louder, the trade happened faster. And um, to me, James Harden had to know something, man. Like he had to know that, I think, word. My colleague from ESPN, Brian Windhorst, I was just on a podcast with him, and he was saying word was starting to get around um, yesterday that Brooklyn was willing to offer those four picks. And when such became the case, you don't think Harden knew? Of course. <laughs> and, and so it's certainly very calculated um, for him to be loud about it um, during a press conference to – to basically make it where his teammates didn't want him around anymore, um, franchise didn't want him around anymore. And I think he was able to push the ball into the to the end zone, so to speak, in ter- terms of getting that trade done. So, I mean, he, he had a fit when it first started, but I, I think he uh, – him speaking louder um, got him his wish. 
Um, it it might have really killed how people think about him in Houston going forward, but ultimately he, he not only got the trade, but the trade he wanted. But Harden's not the same player that he was with Oklahoma City. You know, he's he's a different and 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 more of a usage player, if I want to be kind. Uh, basically, he's got to have the ball in his hands. How is this going to fit? That is a great question. <laughs> that is Mike D'Antoni's problem and Steve Nash's problem. And uh, it, it's going to be tough. I, I do think that if there's one guy with three that I would want to bring the ball up and perhaps start the offense, it's Harden because he's led the league in assists. And, you know, he, he is a good passer when he wants to pass. But how do all three guys stay healthy how do they mentally and physically, you know, because they've all had their health issues, but how do they get on the same page? It's like it, there's just so many ifs, you know, and when I covered uh, the Celtics team that won the championship uh, after Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Garnett got together, they were about the same, uh, as on the same page as any big three ever was. They realized that, you know, they had to put the stat stuff aside to win a championship. They knew their roles. Paul Pierce was number one. Ray Allen was number two. KG was three. All their numbers went down slightly, but they didn't care. They won a championship, and while they're not all in love, kumbaya together anymore, they got the championship, and it worked. Um, I, I think that Durant has experience in making it work. Um you know, obviously with the Warriors, with uh, Steph Curry and with Clay Thompson. Um, Kyrie has experience making it work with LeBron James and Kevin Love, and I guess Harden to a lesser extent in Oklahoma City. But are they I, – I, I have faith that Kevin is willing to do whatever he needs to do in order for them to win. But I, I don't know that James and I don't know that, that Kyrie are, are ready to – give up the love that they have for scoring for the betterment of the team just yet. I, I have to see it. And that is, is my fear because now you, you've given up so much defense by getting away Jared Allen. He was 22% of your rebounding, 27% of your block. So they're right now on paper look deplorable defensively. They're going to have to score 140 points a game or 130 plus to win. So, uh, I, I don't ha- think it's a given that they are the best team in the league. They they have these three stars with no training camp. Uh, one guy, we don't know when he's coming back. So it's just, just to me, they have all of these great ingredients, but I, I just don't know if it, the, the, they're going to be able to put it together well so it tastes great. I do want to spend the whole interview on this trade, but really briefly, uh, I think Cleveland did pretty well getting Allen. I really like him. But also talk about the, the little switch between Houston and Indiana. Karis LeVert goes to Indiana. Oladipo mm-hmm. goes to the Rockets. What do you see there? I think that trade was great for Indiana. Um, we had a chance to just see Indiana play, and they were pretty good without Oladipo. And so now – you know, um, you get a guy in Karis LeVert who I think is on the cusp of potentially being a superstar in this league. Um, I watched him a little bit 
this season when KD wasn't able to play. And, you know, he's a great, great scorer. Um, so I, I think with the two other bigs that they have, um, with their injured player that is really good that they saw in the bubble that's going to come back, you know, Indiana's a power team in the East. I thought they were like eh, sixth, seventh seed, fifth seed maybe. But now, uh, I don't know, no one's going to talk about this much. But Indiana's a scary team, man. They, they, they are really talented and a good team. In terms of Houston, I think they're basically setting a restart re button uh, in terms of, you know, Oladipo's in his last year. He's got some injury issues. I wouldn't be surprised if they let him go. I actually would have. If I was Houston, I would have kept Karis LeVert. I think at $18 million, he's at a great number. But I guess they're going to, you know, see how Victor does and go from there. Mark Spears, my guest. He's from ESPN and the Undefeated. He is a Bay Area guy, and uh, we are so happy to always talk some basketball with you. I'd be remiss if I didn't get your thoughts on the Warriors so far. I think they're coming off a pretty good homestand. You know, the last, you know, eight minutes of last night's game notwithstanding, uh, I thought they're finding out a little bit more about how they need to play, and this team's got a little more grit to it than than maybe some would have expected at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think um, the good thing is seeing Steph being back to being Steph. Like that sixty-two point game was beautiful. It was good to see him, and fortunately, the fans weren't there to enjoy it. But to me, I think the best. Early surprise for for the Warriors have been has been the player Andrew Wiggins. I just always thought he was talented, just needed to be in the right place, and and I think the Warriors offer that. I, I, I wish he could be playing with Clay right now too, but such isn't the case. But he is playing amazing defense. He's hitting the three. He's running the floor. He's scoring. He's looked really really good. Perhaps the best he's looked in his career. So you got to remember he's pretty young too. So um. I think the future is bright for him in in a Warriors uniform. Kelly Oubre's got to get better. I assume he will get better. He's starting to play a little better. But um, to me, I think there's some little focus things that he has to uh, shore up. And um, in terms of uh, Wiseman, I think the way we talk about him and like him now, we're, we're going to like him even a lot more by the time the season's up. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a potential rookie of the year who's going to get better and better and better with every game. Yeah, I can't wait to see him mid-season next year, You know what he's going to look like. I think he's going to be awesome. I know in The Undefeated you have a an article up on, on George Hill, and I'm struck by the fact that my only interaction with him has been maybe a post-game interview if he's been on a team that has beaten the Warriors. So I really don't know him, but it seems there's a lot there, that there are a lot of layers there with George Hill that maybe if you just watched games and didn't listen to what he had to say, you would never know. No, George Hill is about as deep as the players I've covered in in 22 years of being in the NBA world. Very, very bright. He's dealt with tragedy. Um, he, he grew up in a very tough neighborhood in Indianapolis where he saw a lot of violence growing up in, in terms of uh, gang violence and drugs and, and also, you know, has, has seen his share of stuff with the police as well. So, you know, he, he's um, a guy that's also educated, um, sharp, isn't scared to 
speak his what he believes is the truth and and he's very very um confident in his words too i mean for somebody to basically be like look i'm not playing because of what happened to jacob blake in the bubble and you know if you guys want to play and then team the bucks that's hey that's that's on you, but I, I'm I'm not playing, and they eventually ended up falling his lead. Uh, from talking to him, I think he felt like he he was going to get traded from the Bucks because maybe he was just too strong of a personality. He expected to be traded, and it was interesting that he and Sterling Brown, the two guys that uh, sparked the Bucks into uh, boycotting uh, in the bubble, are now gone from the Bucks. So. Um, George recently just said that, you know, he's going to go to his, he doesn't understand why people can't come to his hotel room if they're still playing. If it's that bad, don't play. So if you, you want to ask George how he feels and what he thinks, uh, ask him. I mean, if you want to know, ask him. <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> and so he's certainly one of the more um, interesting guys uh, in the league. And, uh, I hope a day gets better where when he comes to the Bay, you could have dinner with him because he's just really, really intelligent. This guy also, you'll love this, Tim. You know, he, he has a really um, successful sauerkraut company. The, that you would have, you could have put t- 10 different answers in there. I would never pick that one. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that, that's why he might be the most interesting guy in the league right now. He has a company called Cleveland Kraut. And many of your listeners may have had it. It's very, very good. And so he has his own sauerkraut company that's doing great, having great success. He also owns a ranch in San Antonio area that has zebras and, and all, uh, all kind of uh, wild animals there. Um, you know, uh, ostriches and it's just uh, uh, pigs. And so he has his own ranch. Wow. That so well, while guys are looking on their phone at at um, cars and 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 whatever they look at on social media, he's looking at farm animals. That's crazy. He's buying. He's buying. He, he's looking at trying to get good deals on feed and <laughs> tractors. <laughs> he's like you said. He's an interesting cat. Oh wow! Doing a diary this season on the undefeated on James Wiseman. And the first episode is really, really great. We're taping a second episode this week, so it'll it'll be up um, on uh, January 20th. So I hope everybody can um, check it out and and follow it this season. But not only is he has a bright future on the court, he's very interesting off of it. So please uh, keep a lookout for that and Undefeated as well. Urge everybody to go to the Undefeated and read the article. It's, as always, with, with Mark Spears, he tends to get people to open up to him. It's a great skill to have in what you do. And we always appreciate your time and your thoughts. And, and stay safe. I look forward to seeing you at Chase with our masks on. And, and uh, hopefully uh, someday you and I will be able to get, maybe go get a dinner with somebody and, and have a good time. Good For, talking to you uh, as always, brother. That is Mark Spears of the Undefeated and ESPN. Always great to hear from him and interesting thoughts on that trade. Brooklyn now has a big three. Hey, the Warriors are teaming up with Kaiser Permanente and the Athletes' Corner to turn points into meals with swishes for dishes. For each point the Warriors score this year, 100 meals will be donated to local food banks to support Bay Area families. Go to warriors.com slash swish to learn more. 
We'll come back. Stephen Curry from Denver. The Warriors roundtable continues on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7, the game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. Tim Roy has saved you a seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors roundtable. Sit down. Now on 95.7, the game. It's your voice of the Warriors. Got it. From downtown. Tim Roy. Tim Roy. Well, the Warriors 2021 season presented by Kaiser Permanente. Warriors in Denver, 6.30 with the pregame show tomorrow night. 7 o'clock with the tip on Friday. No game Friday in Phoenix. That game has been postponed. The Suns in health and safety protocols. And then Monday in L.A. to take on the Lakers. Again, 6.30 with the pregame show. 7 o'clock with the start on the Martin Luther King holiday. Let's go out to Denver right now. A pleasure, as always, to welcome in the one, the only, Wardell Stephen Curry. How was your flight to uh, Denver today? It was pretty smooth, safe and sound. Um you know, I'm back on the road, see how tomorrow goes, and uh, looking forward to a lot of craziness in the NBA today, huh? Uh, craziness in the world. You know, where do you want to start? You know, we got <laughs> impeachment, major trade, you know, game postponed. There's a lot going on today. Yeah, uh, a casual Wednesday. Yeah, just a casual Wednesday. First of all, it's great to talk to you. It's, just, it's very, um, you know, it's very strange that uh, we don't get a chance to uh, see you guys in practice or anything like that. So it's it's great to get a chance to talk to you and 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 we're 11 games into this season so give me your state of the team and and uh, what you like so far uh i mean i like where we're at i mean uh it's been a uh very interesting journey obviously like you said with all the different protocols and things just to get the season off and running um how different it is in a normal year uh you know with fans in the arenas and uh, just your normal process of, of going through an NBA season. So once you kind of get get into the you know the, the slate of games and, and things like that, um, you know the, the first two games on the on the road in Brooklyn and uh, in Milwaukee were were ones to to forget. But I think we all knew it was going to be a long journey for us to become the team that we want to be, and we're we're still right in the thick of it. And, and uh, you know, besides last night, I feel like. Uh, you know, the games that we should have won, we, we did, and the games we should have lost. Um, you know, we, we, we learned those lessons. So, for us as a young team coming into our own, um, obviously, you know, getting Draymond back with shoes, getting Wiseman caught up to, you know, the speed of the NBA, he, he's, he's done an amazing job. And, and we're all starting to figure each other out on a nightly basis. And it's exciting to know where we're at right now and, and the opportunity to get better ahead. You know, every team has a, a glue guy. What what does Draymond mean to this the squad? I mean, his is obviously his experience and, and understanding who he is as a basketball player and how he impacts winning winning basketball and, and makes so many winning plays. And, you know, the ones that don't show up in the stat sheet and sometimes they do. So for him to just bring his his edge, his voice, his leadership, um, his energy on the floor. Uh, it means the world, and obviously he knows exactly how we do things here and, and has been a part of creating this culture. Um, and that means a lot for the young guys uh, to uh, to have that uh, you know that that presence. And um, he's obviously only getting better by the game in terms of you know the way he feels. And um, you know we're the we're the savvy veterans now, so we're, we're relying on each other and feeding off each other. You know, with all the attention that you're getting, Steph, last night the boxing one from Indiana as Nate Bjorkman took that from 
Nick Nurse's uh, stable, I guess, from the finals in, in 19. But uh, you know, and you've seen bodies. You know, the Clippers were loading up. As you say, the pictures are there. And you see multiple bodies when you have the ball in the wing. How do you go about, you know, maintaining your, your and not even the physical part, but just the mental part of it so that it doesn't frustrate or, you know, stymie you in that way? That's the game. That's the challenge. Uh, no one coming in uh, to be kind of prepared for everything. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that you have to kind of constantly remind yourself that that challenge is fun. Um and you know, kind of cracking that code and and being able to uh, to turn you know those kind of defensive schemes and janky defenses as I love to call them, turning them on their head and getting you know making teams pay. So you know, last night was, was definitely a frustrating night in the sense that uh, it's kind of one of the first times that you know they played th- those type of defenses for pretty much the whole game. But uh, for us. And for me, it, you know, especially have to be aggressive, have to be able to, um, you know, figure it out on the fly and, and make those adjustments from game to game, um, and and make those teams pay if they want to, you know, kind of scheme that way. And so we're all, um, I think, understanding of what you know those challenges are going to be on a nightly basis, um, and to kind of be prepared for anything. I've been around the NBA since 1989. What is janky? I don't. I've never heard that come up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's over for interpretation. To me, it's just you know, seeing a lot of bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Curry, our guest of the Warriors Roundtable Line, Tim Roy, and uh, it's been the you know a year to uh, a year and change to maybe you know forget or to remember. It, it's it's been been odd. Uh, you and your wife Aisha at home have had your hands full. How, give us, you know, and like like so many others around the world, uh, what, what is what has your experience been like during all this, and 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 what keeps you going? I mean, it's been different. I think we all can speak to what that means for us, you know, families individually, and and just the changes that the pandemic has brought. Uh, obviously, you know, we're blessed to. Um, you know, be able to play basketball and, 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 and obviously live in a place that, uh, thankfully is, is trying to take this, this uh, pandemic as serious as, as it needs to be taken and uh, all the different precautions. But when it comes to, uh, you know, parenting three kids at home, uh, thank God for my wife and, and her patience and, um, and just the understanding that, you know, there are, there's no real playbook for this. Um, you kind of just kind of get through it and, and, uh, that's kind of been our philosophy. You know, we, we, we love to thrive in chaos. Um, you know, so probably one of the most consistent things from on the court and off the court. So in terms of, uh, you know, just being present, having fun, keeping things in perspective, um, and then hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we can come and kind of get back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, you know, we're obviously all looking forward to what that, what that looks like, but, uh, yeah, there's no playbook for this one. We're all kind of sharing our stories as we go. You know, you used your, your platform early in the pandemic to talk to Dr. Fauci, and I know you've done a different things over the course of your professional life, you know, to try to help and, and get positive change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, you know, obviously I know your parents. I know where that comes from. But what, what inspires you? What, what gets you to sit up and take notice and say, you know what, hey, this is cool? Part of it is just understanding that there were people that uh, were 
bold and greatest user platforms in a way that were was authentic to them. And, you know, they were very proactive in that in that fight for social change, for um, political change, whatever you know they were passionate about. And for me, uh, the constant reminder that you know I have the ability to move the needle um, in a lot of different ways and. Um, there has to be a willingness to kind of step up and participate and be active in that. Um, and know that you can change lives. You can further conversations. You can, um, you know, inform policy. You can do a lot of different things. And for, you know, a 32 year old, you know, who's been playing basketball and in the league for 12 years, it is kind of surreal at times to know, um, when you do say something, the reaction that there is and, and the response that you get. So, um, you know, sometimes it is kind of overwhelming to know um, all of the all the conversations that are going on in our country right now, and and, and some of the disheartening things that you see. Um, you don't want to lose don't want to lose hope, um, and that for me is something that uh, you kind of have to wake up and remind yourself every single day. And uh, I I've chosen to find ways to to impact people, to use my voice, my platform, the resources I have available. And uh, this is a long journey, a long marathon, um, but uh, hopefully that continues. You know, you mentioned hope. Hope is always with the young, and, and I see you wasted no time in getting your, your son Cannon into some ball handling drills. <laughs> got to start him somewhere. I got videos of me back in the day in Charlotte watching my dad play. and he uh, He's learning dribbling, and he even liked his, uh, his uncle Damien's Euro step uh, finish the other day, so. He's learning all the terminology um, as we go, so it's a pretty cool experience. You know, how, yeah, how is that? Because that, that, that's got to be so much fun to be to know that that not only, you know, will he, he grow up and know that you have been a, a, a basketball player and played at an extremely high level, one of the best to ever do it, but also just as a dad, just to be able to, to you know, play in front of your kid, that has to be a special experience. Oh, it's unbelievable, um, especially that's kind of been my experience growing up. Uh, I am thankful, though, that he's, he's, what, two and a half now, um, and he's starting to be more aware. At first, I wasn't a basketball player for him. I was just at home all the time. Uh, he was watching uh, Uncle Damien on TV all last year while I was hurt. So Damien and my brother Seth were the – the only basketball players in the family to him until this year. So I'm trying to get my rightful spot back at the top of his favorite player list. <laughs> well, you know, you're going to be in trouble in a few years if he asks for somebody else's jersey. You know, then you're Absolutely. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely. You have to really, really get his, uh, his trust back on that one. Hey, how is Seth? How's he doing? He's feeling good. I mean, um, you know, he was, he started out the year really strong and, and obviously it was, not a fun call to get that you know he uh, he tells positive, but he's feeling good. Thankfully, he's he's in good spirits, and and hopefully sooner than later he'll be back on the court. Couple of basketball questions before I let you go, and and um, you know we we you mentioned it earlier about James Wiseman, and you know my phrase for for players like James is he doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. You know, I mean, he really you know, but but uh, I'm just struck about how calm he is, how poised he is. What what about uh, James Wiseman do you think will help him become a, a great player in the future? I think his approach to everything has been great and just, you know, naturally through time and through experience and, um, you know, every game rep that he gets, he's going to get continue to get better. I mean, he's a, a raw, natural athlete that, 
uh, can do so much on the floor already, but, you know, he's 19 years old. He's, um, you know, obviously knows his, his short college career. And uh, to be in that position, like when I was 19, I don't know what I was, I wasn't looking at uh, game film and, and worrying about, you know, the best centers in the, in, in the NBA. My focus and priorities are a little different in 19. So for him to be, you know, in this space and, I had this opportunity in front of him. He's approached it amazing. He's got a great spirit about him in terms of just wanting to be great. Um, and he, I, I think his work ethic just really kind of backed that up. So um, it's only a matter of time that he continues to take those leaps. And um, he's obviously been great for us already. So, you know, couldn't ask for a better teammate and a guy, um, you know, to kind of you know join the fray and uh, and uh, really, you know, get his feet wet right out, right out the gate. What did you think about today's activities and the big deal involving James Harden? It's pretty crazy. I mean, I know, uh, you know, this league, nothing should surprise you. And there's a lot of been, you know, some blockbuster trades over the last four or five, six years. But uh, it's, it's just crazy to know when it actually happens. You kind of just see the landscape of the league shift, you know, immediately. And, um, you know, obviously KD being out here with the team that we had and now with, you know, Kyrie and, and James, it's pretty. It's gonna be pretty interesting to watch that come together, um, you know, and and some of the other you know, like you know, Old Depot and and, and Karis moving to different teams, so see how they gel. But um, this league is pure entertainment, and uh, you know these type of trades kind of just keeps the uh, the interest, I think, at, at an all time high in terms of you know the state of the NBA and the, and the talent that's that's around here. So excited to watch it all the way through. Obviously, is as a, as a competitor, um, you know, keeps your antenna up. And and finally, and again, we appreciate your time. And somebody who's traveled with teams for years, I know that when you get to a place, it's nice to just be able to chill in, in the hotel room for a little bit. So we appreciate your time tonight. And uh, the first couple of games this year were rough. But how excited are you now uh, for the potential growth of this team as the season continues? I mean, extremely excited. I think Coach Kerr, he speaks on it so well. Years past, we kind of knew where our ceiling was, and it was just a matter of maintaining and, um, and being efficient and focusing throughout an eight-two game schedule to get to you know to the playoffs in one piece and understand who we are as a team. This year, you know, our ceiling is high in terms of where we started to where we're going to be, you know, halfway through the season towards the end. And it's just a matter of you know finding ways to win games, you know, through those learning curves. Um, you know, see different guys step up in different roles and contribute, and I think we're we're excited. I love this group. It's it's a uh, it's a group of guys that, that that love to compete. They bring energy. They have a sense of gratitude and appreciation for where they're at, um, and they love to work. So um, I think that's part of you know the excitement of this year. When you watch us play. Um, you know, you'll you'll clearly see how much better we get throughout the year, and that's something that uh, is, is 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 pretty pretty new and fresh. And um, love to be a part of that part of that uh, uh, leading us to to where we where we need to be. Well, I appreciate that. That's exciting. I can't wait to see it, and uh, I I appreciate your time, and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much. Absolutely, I know this is your show, but I still got to do my shout out, and okay. I want to follow. My man Tim Roy on Twitter is at Warriors Box. Thank you, Steph. Have a good night. Yes, sir. <laughs> Stephen Curry joining us live from Denver. Oh, I love that. Oh, 
We're going to come back, wrap up tonight's show, look ahead to the schedule, and the schedule has changed on your home for Warriors basketball, 95-7, the game. Tim Roy is holding court. Pun intended. Join me in my court at Camelot. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95-7, the game. Now back to Warriors Box. It's good! Tim Roy. Upcoming broadcast presented by Rackington. Let's go to Denver, and that's tomorrow night when Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors will take on Nikola Jokic. Millsap with four. Millsap to the left side. Jokic shot high in the air. It's good with one seconds to go. Nikolai Jokic made it. A high-arcing wing shot, and Denver has taken the lead. 6.30 with the airtime. Jim Barnett alongside No Game Friday. The game in Phoenix has been postponed because of health and safety protocols. But on the Martin Luther King holiday, Monday night down in L.A. to take on LeBron James and the Lakers. LeBron James. They're cutting up now. They're cutting up now. They're having too much fun now. They're cutting up now. No, man. You can't, you can't embarrass me like that. Stop it. Wow. G, did you see that, G? Make. 6.30 the airtime on that one as well as the uh, Warriors will take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Thanking my guest tonight, Mark Spears of the Undefeated, and, of course, Stephen Curry. And a congratulations and a tip of the hat to Fred Cass, the outgoing scorekeeper for the Golden State Warriors. Thanks to the producer of the Stars, R.C. Davis, Warriors PR, and Raymond Ritter. Thanking Bobby back at the studios. I, Tim Roy, coming up next, it is the final word with Ryan Covey and J.D. John Dickinson. A lot to talk about today. The Dubs, James Harden, and more right here on your your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.